This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. We're going to be talking television today. Joining me is our television contributor, Andrew Mercado. Welcome back, Andrew. Hi, James. Um, Two special guests today, Rebecca Gibney and Roger Simpson, sort of the key creatives um, and key on-screen parts of Halifax, the Halifax franchise, which returns to nine. Um, next week after we, we record this. Now, it's uh, Roger, give us the details. You're starting with a two-part sort of uh, mini mini series, would you call it? Yeah, it's, it's like a telly movie opening um, or two-hour opening or whatever, you know, two commercial hours, which is a lot shorter than that, of course, and, and then seven episodes after that, yeah. Okay. So do, can I ask, yeah. does, does that yeah. mean it's, it's eight hours long, seven eight hours, hours long? Eight yeah. hours long, Yes, eight hours long, the first two hours, first two eps together sort of thing. Okay. So in the past it's been, am I right in thinking it's been standalone tally movies? Have you ever recorded this much at once? No, although we, the first time we did the f- series one, we made six telly movies back to back and nearly killed Rebecca. Yeah, <laughs> I remember it well. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then we decided after that we would only make three telly movies back to back. So we, we have made six telly movies back to back the very first time out, and that was, they were standalone telly movies, but we did shoot them in one huge block. But it was all too gruelling, uh, especially on Rebecca, who's almost in every scene in Halifax. So um, that was exhausting. But um, this is the biggest thing we've done since series two, three to six or whatever it was. Um, and it was big enough, wasn't it, Rebecca? It was, it was, just- it was massive. <laughs> it was massive and on, on, in more ways than one. Massive story, massive scale, massive budget for, for an Australian production. And, um, and it shows on screen, I think. Yeah, I, I absolutely think it does. Uh, it actually looks high-end and it's interesting watching back the original Halifax, which Nine now have put up for people to watch, I guess, as part of the nostalgia kick to get into it. But you can see a massive uh, change in production standards between the two. I've watched the first four hours of Retribution and I am stunned at how amazing it looks. Oh, well, that's good. Thank you. <laughs> We, we really had to, this, in, in the modern era, you really have to, you, your, your international audience is a streaming audience. Yeah. And they're used to big budgets. And so that's what we've got to compete with. Um, so that's why we had to get a lot of money to make it. And um, it was fun to do. It, it, it was wasn't, great fun. And I have to say thanks to Roger because we wouldn't have got the budget if Roger hadn't said, I'm not doing it without a decent budget. Roger actually just put his foot down and said, we won't do it with, unless we have X amount of dollars. And they kept coming back saying, oh, you don't need that much money and you can do it for less. And Roger, God bless him, actually went, no, we can't do it for less. We want it to compete with every international show, so we need this much money. And he got it, which is fantastic. And how important is it in terms of uh, securing that huge budget in terms of international sale? Because all your original Halifax telemovies screened all over the world. And I think you're absolutely right in saying that an international audience demands a drama look a certain way now. Yeah. It's, it's a gamble in a sense because, you know, you, you raise the money before you earn the money. Um, but um, that's the business now. So... They're the rules we've got to play by, I think. And, and, and unless you spend that money, you, you don't have a fighting chance of, of getting it back. 
Rebecca, we've talked to you before about, you know, the roles you do outside of acting in a, in a project. What was, your, what was your input on this one apart from what we see on screen? I nagged Roger a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Roger and I started, well, I had to talk him into it in the first place because he didn't really want to come back and do it again. So we had a lot of conversations in the early days. And then basically from the get-go, we would talk about, Roger would send me, um, you know, the, the synopsis and the treatments and then the scripts and, and I would um, be able to comment on that. Casting, the crew, everything pretty much, it's very much a team effort. So I was just part of the team and choosing those creatives and, and being involved at every step of the way, with the edit as well and music. And I was very fortunate to be interesting to go from, because in the beginning, Roger created this wonderful character for me and then allowed me to then come in and have some kind of input. So it's just been a fantastic experience. Grueling, as Roger knows, I mean, it was a tough, tough time for all of us because there was lots to, you know, that we had to overcome. I mean, not just, we had a big budget, but there's, you know, it's getting everyone together and the scripts getting them right and making sure everyone's happy because everyone's got an opinion. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Roger would agree. It's, it's hard pleasing everyone. You've got to please the network. You've got to please the, the, the creators. You've got to please the director. It's, it's a tough gig, but one that's very rewarding and I think it shows. And just you, you mentioned the financing before, Roger. Just just give us a little insight into that. So um, Nine's the broad, the, are they the host broadcaster, I guess. Yes. Um, where, where else did you get money from? Well, you get money from Screen Australia as, as well. And then the rest has to come from a distribution advance from beyond. And then basically a um, international line of credit against projections of foreign sales. So it's, you know, it's not without its risks, but um, we did our maths. Um, Michael Baldwin's very confident. Um, we can't actually uh, s properly start selling it until after it's shown in Australia. That, that's one of the rules of the, of the distribution agreement with Nine. They want to premiere it here first. So even though it's been available to us, because we finished it early this year, even though it's been available to the international market, we can't really explore that until after it's been shown here. And, and hopefully it will be sold off the back of very good ratings and notices here. That's part of the push as well. And you can't, um, it can't be out in the marketplace too long. You know, you can't pre-sell it too early because there's only a, a certain window and then people feel that they've, you know, oh, is that still on offer? So you can't do that. Um, so it's all, you know, a financial gamble. Um, luckily, um, we got all those pieces together and uh, the, the borrowings were done against pretty conservative um, projections of what we think we can earn internationally. I'm fascinated to read today uh, in an interview with Daddy Anchor in The Age that the original telly movies that you made, the agreement with Nine was that they could screen them in any order they wanted. And yeah. therefore, you have to be very careful about uh, relationships you wrote for Jane Halifax because the shows might be screened out of sequence. Is that really a, is that unusual for a network to say we back then to have said we, we wanted to screen it in any way possible? And how exciting was it to now write uh, eight hours and know that you would be able to develop her personal life a little bit more. Yeah. Well, it's um, historically the reason for shooting them out of order, uh, uh, showing them out of order, is that they, they really invented, Halifax was invented to replace the Sunday night movie, which back in, in those days used to be 
American movies usually. Uh, and then when the video became popular, they stopped selling these movies to television. So mm. television had to come up with its own Sunday night movie, and that's where Halifax really came from, designed to, um, to, to be something on a Sunday night. But they weren't consecutive Sunday nights. They, they were um, when the programmers wanted to program them before or after the football or the state of origin or whatever else was there. And so they wanted them to be shown out of order because, you know, programmers being who they are think that some telly movies were winter telly movies, you know, the sort of thing that you might want to sit in front of a fire to watch. And others were summer telly movies. And um, they would make that decision after the thing was actually shot, written and presented. <laughs> and so that's why they needed this, this rule of showing them out of order. And it was very frustrating because we could never develop a relationship for Jane, apart from we we're told one story in, in one telemovie about her father, her relationship with the father going back into her past. Um, we could do that sort of story, but we couldn't do continuous relationships. And that has been the joy of retribution, is that we can tell a thoroughgoing story about Jane's family life um, as well as her you know, professional life. And that, that's been fantastic, really enjoyable. Um. Rebecca, one of the I, something I also read was I think one of the factors that made you want to go again with this was that in the past Jane had never really had never really been closure or ended or you know said a farewell or something. Is that accurate? And and does she get to say this? In <laughs> It wasn't so much that she never got to say farewell. I mean, Roger and I, years ago, um, when we finished the telly movies, there was talk of a series, and I know Roger had been developing a series with Linda LaPlante for the character, and it, I was really excited by that um, prospect because not only would have we been able to explore Jane Jane's personal life more, but the, the idea that Roger had for that series um, many years ago was fantastic, and I loved it. Uh, I believe there's actually a show being developed in a similar vein now um, at the moment for the ABC, I think. But um, so that, I, I never thought that we never, we, we didn't get to see that side of Jane. And because that carrot had been dangled to me 20 years ago, that was always in the back of my head that, gosh, I, I would love to be able to go back and revisit that. Um, so to, to now have this opportunity to show Jane 20 years on as an older woman, I actually feel like I probably earned the stripes to play a forensic psychiatrist now, being the age that I am. Um, but the, the storyline that, that Roger came up with as well, it's very current too and it's very topical, what you'll see throughout the course of the series, not just about Jane's personal life but the advancement in technology and, and the way we're dealing with it um, on screen. And, of course, a 20-year wait means that there's this amazing ability to dip back into those original telemovies. But you're not overusing that in Retribution. I can see... Uh, I've seen Jacqueline McKenzie reprise her role from 1995 or whatever it was. I'm just wondering, will there be any more moments or would you kind of describe this more as a standalone? I'll leave that to Roger. <laughs> I, I think it is more standalone. Our, our original idea was to use, to reprise more of those stories from the past. Uh, it became a bit of a nightmare lining everybody up in terms of availabilities because a lot of those actors, uh, you know, Hugo Weaving, et cetera, they're, they're a big deal these days and they're hard to pin down, they're hard to get. So it kind of became, that was the original idea, um, but 
as we got into investigating availabilities and doing deals, et cetera, it just became too difficult. So it, the story sort of developed a momentum of its own anyway. And, um, yeah, Jackie McKenzie is a blast from the past and, and works extremely well. Um, uh, but that, that's the kind of history of that. The, the original idea was um, 20 years later, it's around about now that the people, the worst of the criminals Joan put away are starting to be released. That was the original pitch and the original idea, but it just got too hard. That's for Series <laughs> 2, though, isn't it, Roger? No. <laughs> <laughs> Series two. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike Andrew, I've only watched the first half of that telly movie because I was very scared about giving away any spoilers. But um, so mm. I could talk about the casting in that Anthony LaPaglia, Claudia Carvin. I'd like to hear from you both on that. But um, Rebecca, have you worked with Claudia before? I have actually. Claudia and I did a miniseries years ago called Small Claims together where we played kind of housewives that turned detectives and we had a blast on that and got on incredibly well. Um, and so I was thrilled that she agreed to play the role of Mandy. It's something that I don't think anyone's ever seen her do before. She actually said to both Roger and I, it's the best fun she's had on any job because it was so far removed from anything she's done before and she's phenomenal in it. Um, and Anthony, of course, I've, I've played his fiance and his wife in two different projects, Lucky Break and Mental. So it was just a chance for us to reunite. And so when we first were talking about the male lead, um, Anthony's was a name that was familiar to all of us. Just Roger had to get on a plane and go to LA and convince him to do it. I did. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Roger, is it the first time you've worked with Claudia Cavan? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, not, not through lack of trying, but, um, but no, it is. And it was an absolute delight. Um, I agree with everything Rebecca said. It's um, it's a, a delicious performance. Mm. Mm. Uh, both both you, Rebecca, and Claudia have, have worked predominantly in Australia, and I think Claudia talked about that in an interview last weekend about about Halifax, about how she's you know happy to be here, and um, and similarly, you haven't really spent time trying to, if you like, break into the US market. No, why would I? It's got <laughs> Why would I go and line up with all the unemployed actors over there when I've got a thriving, a thriving um, career in Australia? And I've been so lucky. From the minute I landed in Australia, I've worked nonstop. And I actually, at one point, dipped my toe in the waters. I went when I was about 26, 27 to LA to just see what it was like. And I lasted three weeks. And then <laughs> came straight back and went straight into all together now. And then, of course, Snowy and then Halifax. So I've just never really had the desire. It's not about um, being famous or winning awards or anything like that. It's about the work. And I've been very fortunate in the work that I've been offered in Australia has been world-class. Um, you know, even look at Halifax now and working with writers like Roger and people like that. I don't, I wouldn't get that necessarily yeah. overseas. So I'm thrilled that I've been able to stay here and do that. When you talk about uh, a lot of the original actors from all those telemovies all those years ago being such big stars now not being available. Um, can we talk about uh, you hiring Mavorni Hazel, if I got her name correct? She's a graduate from Neighbours and it's so amazing. She was such a great actor in that show. It's so amazing to see her make the leap to adult drama. So can we talk about the new cast that you've got um, coming into the Halifax universe? 
I'll let Rebecca. Rebecca was very involved in. <laughs> I was. I was. <laughs> uh, because uh, her instincts are so good. Also, she knows everybody. <laughs> that I helps. Do. It helps. I've worked with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think. Um, well, you know, we, again, it was very much a team effort, and I think you know we were very aware of wanting to cast. Um, you know, obviously the known actors, you've got Anthony, myself and Claudia, but it was very important that we gave new faces a go and diverse faces as well. You know, we want to go for diversity and um, and I think we managed that. And we were lucky that Channel 9 were very in agreement with us on, on most of the choices that we came up with. Mavorni's fantastic. Mingju is fantastic. Um, Mark Cole-Smith. I mean, we really have uh, some fantastic faces in there and and extraordinary performances. So, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of our cast and... and you know, luckily we all agreed, I think, didn't we? I don't think we disagreed on anyone, really. We were pretty no, much... We, we, I mean, sometimes the network has a different view because they, they're more aware of what works for them uh, and sometimes we have to defend what works for us. For, for, and so, but, you know, that, that, that's kind of tension with the network is normal and probably healthy. But um, we, we certainly didn't disagree amongst ourselves. Yep, the diversity is there and it's not overdone. So well done for that. I, I really appreciated that. And, and also, can we talk about behind the scenes, Roger, uh, you working with Louisa Kors, who is yes. someone that I worked with 25 years ago in TV when she was just almost like a production assistant. And to see someone like that moving up uh, through the ranks, it's, it's amazing to see uh, people like that Doing such it was amazing. fantastic. She, she was my new Le Measurer. Uh, yes, that's a great... It yes, was just is. fantastic because uh, I worked with Louisa on Bikey Wars. Yep. Uh, we did that together and she did the last series of um, Satisfaction, a show I did for Foxtel. So I had some background with her and we got on really well. We, we really click. Um we know each other's strengths and uh, we play to them. And she is a fabulous, uh, as Rebecca would agree, a fabulous oh. producer, absolutely fabulous. So it was a very yeah, happy she's one experience. Of those. And, um, you know, yeah. measure an address. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> she's, to be able to straddle the creative and the, and the financial side of things the way she does, she's on 24-7. She is one of those women that you could call any time of the day or night and what about anything? And she would be there to, to do it while she's juggling the crew and production and post-production. I mean, she is, she wore so many hats, um, but she is extraordinary. I, I would walk over broken glass to work with Louisa again. That um, opening telly movie has got that uh, sniper story. I, I, I presumably that plays out in the, in the end of, end of that. And then are the episodes self uh, contained or they, do they follow on? Oh, leave that to they, they sort of have a sense of completeness within a, a theme for an episode, you know. So it, it might be a, a character progression or it might be a plot progression or um, deviation. <laughs> you know, you, you, these, they're murder mysteries finally. Halifax are murder mysteries. And so you, you want a lot of mystery as, as well as a lot of detection as well. And so you sleuth your way through a, a fairly twisted lane in order to get to the end and, and pay things off and, and, and hopefully surprise the audience in the process. I mean, that, that, that's, that's the task. 
Can I just say thumbs up on that? I think you've done that really, really well. I mean, we see this with uh, uh, other crime dramas where they sort of have this continuing storyline, but really the show is just about an episode of the week and that continuing storyline is just a tease. But what Halifax Retribution does so well is it keeps that main storyline at the forefront while telling other stories that seem to seamlessly blend into it. I think that the script writing in this series is one of the real strengths because I've watched four episodes and I'm still as in it as I was when I watched the first one. So that isn't a remarkable uh, feat to pull that off, uh, I believe, because I've seen other shows do it so badly. I have to say this is this is an extremely enjoyable podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to agree with you, and I'm normally very critical as well, but I've got to say the next four episodes that you you will wait to see are equally as good as the first four. I mean, and, and, and the climax towards the end, again, because we have some brilliant performances coming up from some other people that we haven't talked about yet um, that, that really keep you on your edge, edge of your seat. To, to the end. And, and also Daniel Netheim, who directs our last two episodes, is phenomenal. He's, he's, uh, he's done an exceptional job with the finale. Wouldn't you agree, Rog? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, one for you, Roger, about the production. I mean, aerial photography is almost mandatory in contemporary series these days, but yes. you do such a good job with it. I'm, I'm always intrigued. Is it, do you use a chopper at all? Is it all a drone? Talk us through that. Well, we, we use both. We, we use um, a, a chopper for the big sort of hero city scenes. But um, in the opening two episodes or telemovie, um, a lot of that footage is drone footage. You know, the car travelling along the bayside. Um, and, of course, a drone is part of the story as well. A drone is, there's a drone in the story. And so the best way to shoot a drone is with a drone, you know, even if you're, you know, you want a drone's eye point of view or if you're looking at the drone, you might look at it with another drone. Drones have been a fantastic development in in film and television, absolutely liberating and and much more affordable than choppers. But we do use choppers for the big hero shots of the city, um, which gives it that scale. Can I also just add in, that, speaking of that, the, the cinematography, Jeff Hall, who was our cinematographer, did a phenomenal job. I mean, he is probably one of, I think, the best cinematographers we have. I know there's a lot, but I've, I just have to do a shout-out for him because Roger would agree his, his cinematography was astounding. Mm. Yeah. And did you have any challenges during the shoot uh, production-wise? I mean, was the weather good to you or did you...? You know, I don't know, any other delays or hassles? Yeah, I, I, don't, I think the weather was good for us, um, generally speaking. I think we were pretty fortunate. We were very fortunate to find the hero set, which is the, the task force in a beautiful old building right in the centre of the city because the biggest challenge on this show was it was we had to shoot in the busy city every day. And mm. so we had to find a production base in the city and we luckily found that lovely building um, which became the, t- the task force and from that and that was our unit base and from that we could venture just up the road and shoot trams busy city streets uh, and that was the scariest thing when we were setting up the production is how on earth are we going to pull off all the city footage because usually in a series you allocate might allocate one day a week 
to shooting in the city because it's so difficult. You know, you've got to have a unit mm. base, you've got to feed people, you've got to transport all this equipment, and it's hard to do. You've got to get permits, you've got to lock off areas. But if you've got a unit base which actually sits in, right in the heart of the city, you, you've solved half your problems. So that was really important, and we spent a lot of time searching for that location. Lots and lots of locations we looked at and said no to. We had a sort of backup list. Uh, but we have to, I have to thank Film Victoria for their cooperation in this. They are my favourite state funding body. They just give you everything that you want in terms of support. They've got a huge resource in terms of why don't you look at this building, why don't you look at this one, and they make it a joy to shoot in Melbourne. They really do, even though I live in Sydney and I've got to travel down every week for the production and, I, and I, I'm not wild about travel, but I'm happy to... Love working in Melbourne. Love working in Melbourne. Mm. Just quickly on that um, that HQ for the uh, task force, when I first saw that, I thought, gee, this looks like Seven's old uh, Piermont <laughs> building with all the brick walls. And the- <laughs> yes, it did. It becomes look. obvious it's not later yeah. on, but it does look a lot like it. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was extraordinary. Penny Southgate, our production designer, did an extraordinary job, <clears throat> excuse me, turning it into the task force from what it was. If you'd seen the empty shell before she actually transformed it into a task force, she did amazing. And I agree with Roger. We were very lucky with the weather. The only thing I probably would say is because we shot a lot of it up on rooftops or in car parks up high, we did have the old wind problem sometimes. You know, there was a lot of wind and, you know, so you're dealing with the elements and that. Yeah. And that um, and, mm. And it was cold, wasn't it? And it was a bit cold. Yes, <laughs> it's on the buildings in winter, <laughs> yeah. even if it wasn't raining, it was bloody cold. Yeah. 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 Given all those uh, 21 telemovies are now available to stream on Nine now, yes. do each of you have a favourite one or one that you would direct people who are watching Halifax Retribution and go, I love this, and they want to go back and watch some of the originals? Do, do each of you have an episode that is one of your favourites that you would recommend? Well, well my favourite is Afraid of the Dark, which is the story about when, when uh, Jane Halifax goes back into her youth and her relationship with her dead father and puts a few demons to sleep. I, I, I love that episode. And it's, it's actually inspired by a very dark story because it's actually a retelling of the Port Arthur massacre in a different, you know, a fictional version of it. So I, I think that's that's my favourite because Jane went so far in, in so many ways, so many layers of her character and, and the performance was stunning. And it's a, a dark story but a sort of, it's, it's, it's a redemptive story as well. So that would be my fave. <laughs> that's probably my fave too, absolutely. I mean, I, there's some honourable mentions. I did like Swimming with Sharks. I think that was a very dark episode, I think, with Martin Shokas playing a serial killer, but Afraid of the Dark, again, was probably my favourite as well for all the reasons that Roger said. And, of course, Lies of the Mind with Jackie McKenzie just because she was phenomenal in that in that opening episode. I think she won every award because of her performance. Um, so that's probably the other one that I think deserves an honourable mention for sure. Yeah. And I like the... There's another couple that I'm very fond of, which are the, the, the Matt Gudgeon ones starring Steve Bisley as Jonah Cole, um, Sweet Dreams was one of them. Hmm? Sweet Dreams was one of them. Sweet Dreams was one, and the other one was called. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years ago. It's 20 years ago. 
it's the other one. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah, and and that and that was a that was a a beautiful creation that character um, of Jonah Cole, played by Steve Bisley, and, and and they they were two really good films as well. So there we've named yeah. five now, <laughs> four. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, the feeding is the is the other one. The yes. feeding, the feeding, and sweet dreams. The feeding had Francis O'Connor and uh, Deborah Lee Finesse in it, I think. Yes, oh. it did. Yeah, and then Afraid of the Dark, and then Lies of the Mind is yeah. the Jackie McKenzie one. Yeah. Before we let you go, I'll, I'd like to finish with. Could I ask you about what's what's next for both of you, and um, and and in the answer, maybe you could is is working with the streaming platform any different to maybe broadcast TV, because I, I guess, Rebecca, what, what's the state of play with uh, Rafters? Well, I'm meant to be coming back to finish it off <laughs> at some point. So I'm hoping to be um, on a plane soon and, and in quarantine, and then I'll be finishing off Rafters. Um, as far as I know, working with, uh, with Amazon's been, been great for Seven. I think they're really, they're really enjoying the process. Um, the scripts have been fantastic on that too. Um, and I'm currently working on a project that we're sort of developing in New Zealand. So... Um, and that's also with a streaming platform, and they've been fantastic as well. So I'm hoping to do be doing something like that early next year, actually filming in New Zealand. And then, of course, waiting to see if Halifax 2 hopefully gets greenlit. Okay. Okay. Where are you, Roger? Well, I've um, gone back to a play, which I was writing for the Melbourne Theatre Company, which I put aside to do this project, so I've gone back to that. Um, although all the theatre companies are dark at the moment, so... Goodness knows when that'll get done. And then um, I'm developing a, a, another new project, which we won't talk about yet. <laughs> uh, and, and, and like Rebecca, waiting to see what happens with Halifax. Well, nine will be mad. They'll be crazy if they don't bring this back for a second series. This is their best Australian drama in years and years and years. But in conclusion, I do want to say, Rebecca, you're on the cover of the Australian Women's Weekly. Uh, and you know this is a collector's <laughs> item now, this issue, because this is the issue where they call Rachel Wilk, Richard Wilkins Rachel and then they call his son <laughs> Wilkinson. So my question is, have you uh, spell-checked your article in Women's Weekly to see if they've called you by the right name? I haven't seen it yet, but I believe it's all okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um, no, I think I've I've actually just been sent it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have a read of it. I think it, I think it's all good. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> okay, look, it's been great uh, talking to you both today. I really appreciate your time. Um, any uh, apologies if there's any sort of uh, little audio glitches in this, but we managed to get us all on from um, from from different places. I think we were at Sydney. You're in Sydney too, Roger, I think, are you? Yes, I'm in Sydney, yeah. Andrew's in regional New South Wales and uh, and uh, uh, Rebecca over in there in New Zealand. Mm. Yes, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much. And thank you for being so so supportive and lovely about it, particularly you, yes. Andrew. That's that's really, um, I'm thrilled. I'm sure Roger's thrilled that you really like enjoyed it. it. Mm. Yep. So thank you. I absolutely loved it. Make some more. Thanks for the chat. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys.